Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brother's Creed podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. I'm Ethan, and today we have a great topic for you. We're going to talk about conflict resolution. Now, there's lots of different types of conflict resolution that we're going to talk about. You know, there's there's physical re- resolution of conflict, you know, whether that's fighting or whatever else. Uh, there's physical, there's internal, there's emotional, there's social conflict that... Uh, we all deal with on a daily basis. Maybe not physical so much, but... Hopefully not. Is it a physical uh, conflict if you don't want to get out of bed in the morning? Uh, that's an, that's, that falls <laughs> under internal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's, it's going to be a good one. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Spartans! What is your profession? Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! Okay, so, kind of talking just generally about conflict in general, there's so many different ways to view conflict. One of the things that I looked at specifically with this episode is kind of that social and emotional conflict. And uh, I have some interesting definitions for what conflict is in that context. One of, the, one of the things I found that I liked, it says, conflict occurs whenever people disagree over their values, motivations, perceptions, ideas, or desires. So those are kind of like some, some of your core beliefs and values. So obviously conflict will arise when someone challenges that. Sometimes these differences appear trivial, but when a conflict triggers strong feelings, a deep personal need is often at the core of the problem. Uh, these needs can range from the need to feel safe and secure or respected and valued to the need of greater uh, closeness and intimacy. I see this a lot, especially right now. Society is at a point where there's almost certain topics that people don't want to even discuss because they're so hot button issues, like talking about the vaccine. I mean, some people are absolutely like, you know, my mom or, or, or somebody that I close close to me died because of this and 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 and, and the, because they're so emotional they're like and you're killing them or, or if you don't have the vaccine and you're killing them or or other on the other side it's like well you know I'm so passionate I I saw someone get injured because they took the vaccine and you're killing us and so like these people can they heck these emotions can affect the way that they see things and they have these deep and like they feel so affected and so deeply affected by that, that if someone challenges that or says something else, it can just really like just go off the handle just like that, just so yeah. quickly. Very polar, I, I polarizing. Social media builds this pressure. Oh yeah, too. definitely. Well, and the thing is too with social media is that as you as you're scrolling through stuff, if you stop on a video and watch a video for any period of time, they're tracking how much time you spend on that specific video and they're going to give you another video like it because they want you to watch that video. Yeah. And then what happens, and this happens to me on my social media, is I just get a bunch of conservative, <laughs> you know, conservative stuff on my... Aliens and stuff. Yeah, just, like, or, 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 you know, it's, yeah, a bunch <laughs> of conspiracy theories type stuff. And I'm like, man, why? how do they know that I want to watch all this stuff? And it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, it, and I think that just continues to fuel the divide because I'm not getting super... Uh, I want to say super liberal stuff or I'm not getting kind of the, the, the middle of the rung stuff or the opposite of what my personal beliefs are. I'm just getting constantly fed more and more and more and more and more. 
and it, it just, the same thing. Yeah, the same thing, and it just it just kind of builds. Yeah, I think it's important to be aware of that, uh, definitely, and have conversations with people. I think it's been more difficult. Every job that I've ever been at, except for my current job, uh, because I started during the pandemic, I've always actually met somebody at that job uh, that has the complete opposite political. Yeah. Uh, I, I, in fact, uh, let's see, that has the complete opposite you know political beliefs than I do, and actually we become really good friends. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's just, it, it, that's kind of cool. I, I love, just love talking with other people and exploring their ideas and we might not agree on anything, you know, uh, you know, I, I had a good buddy that I, ca- I became friends with and, and he's, um, you know, he, we, we would talk back and forth about the whole black lives matter thing and all these shootings that would come out and, you know, he's black, he grew up in, uh, in the area and, uh, you know, we became really good friends. We went shooting together and, uh, we still hang out sometimes, but. Uh, it, it's just I think like that has been lost. So what happens is that people just sit at home and they're and they're getting wound up, wound up, wound up, and then when they're in like a social setting and someone says, "Hey, have you heard about this thing?" and they're like, "Yes, I have," and they just explode because, and they're like, "Well, well, why are you exploding like that?" and it's like, "Well, because you haven't seen me be angry about that for the last six months that yeah. I have been, and like there's no been no ramp up, so it's just like you're seeing me now, and it's just like." I'm holding back, but I'm still like seething. You it's almost know? like you're, it's almost like you're isolated, and you're like just getting fatter and fatter and fatter on the stuff that you believe. And then it's like you get to this public setting, and you're just like, blah, you know, you yeah. just got to get it all. out. I think out. everybody's being wound pretty tight right now. Um, and and here are some uh, ways to resolve conflict and to kind of peaceably disagree with people. So you can call these conflict one one. So first is. First kind of tip here is a conflict is more than just a disagreement. It is a situation in which one or both parties perceive a threat, whether or not that threat is real. So if you're talking to someone about, you know, hey, you know, I don't think I need the vaccine. And they're like, well, you're a threat to all of us. You know, whether that's true or not, uh, you, you can argue both ways. And everybody, literally everybody is in the whole world right now. Um, that is a conflict. Uh, not just a disagreement and because someone views it as a threat on both sides actually and so that is uh, something to keep in mind about conflicts the next tip here is that conflicts continue to fester when ignored so because conflicts involve uh, perceived threats to our well-being and survival they stay with us until we face and resolve them and that is absolutely what is happening right now with the conflicts that I have is that they're not being resolved. Questions aren't being answered and it doesn't make me happy. It's just kind of like, well, I really want to know what's going on. It's kind of festers. Yeah, exactly. So those, so these types of conflicts need to be resolved. Uh, so if you have a conflict with someone approach them and say, Hey, you know, let's talk this out or let's, let's, let's talk through this. Uh, the next one is we respond to conflict based on our perceptions of the situation, not necessarily to an objective review of the facts. So our perceptions are influenced by our life experiences, culture, values, and beliefs. So, you know, that can vary widely. You know, if you're talking to someone, uh, you know, who's, uh, you, 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 you know, step on someone's shoes or something like that, and you just perceive, you're like, I just stepped on this guy's shoes, but he perceives it as like you threatening him or you're challenging his pride. And where he's from, you know, maybe that's a big deal. And so he's, you know, it's just interesting how there's, it's not about taking objective view. 
most time conflict arises from um, people's yeah. uh, situations where they're just really amped up. Uh, conflicts trigger strong emotions, like I just said. If you aren't comfortable with your emotions or are able to manage them in times of stress, you won't be able to resolve conflicts successfully. Conflicts are op- oft are conflicts are an opportunity for growth. When you're able to resolve conflict in a relationship, it builds trust, and you can feel secure knowing your relationship can survive challenges and disagreements. Whether it's your wife, your best friend, your brother, your mom, your dad, someone is going to, there's no way possible that you can agree with every single thing with another person, with another human being, because that other human being is unique unto themselves. So if you want to go go close to people, you sometimes you have to agree to disagree. You say like, hey, I can understand that you would do, you would choose to do this, but I'm choosing to do this and we can respect each other in our choices to do, to do that. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and that's kind of a, a, a great high level view of of conflict in general. And I think what you said too is important that in any conflict, if one person is getting everything they want, then the other person is not right. You can't, you can't satisfy, you can't completely give each person exactly what they want because, because people are different. People's desires and wants aren't the same. So yeah, there's uh, a, <clears throat> there's five strategies that I had kind of uh, looked through for, resolving conflict and we'll kind of go through a couple of these before we get to some of these specific types of conflict that we that we could see so uh first strategy for resolving conflict is and and these are just kind of some of them are better than others good some of them bad whatever else it may be but the first one is just avoiding conflict altogether right that's a strategy i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's the best strategy but I mean, well, I, I think that it, kind of go, go yeah, I was just, I was just, it depends on the type of conflict. Yeah. Also, it, it, I think like one important piece is to choose your battles wisely. Yep. Don't just go guns blazing into every single battle, whether that's literally or figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, I think some of these are better than others in certain situations. So maybe uh, avoiding, and actually we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, maybe avoiding is the best uh, way to resolve that conflict at that at that specific time. Yeah. Uh, second one is defeating. So this is basically just through uh, assertiveness and not cooperating. You uh, you just defeat the other person, right? You just you, sheer force. Yeah, you beat them uh-huh. is what it is. Uh, the third one is compromising. So compromising is where both participants or everyone participating are particularly, um, I guess they all get a little bit of what they want and no one gets everything that they want. So they compromise. It's kind of a give take, right? Okay, you can have this and I'll have this. And the next one is accommodating. And accommodating is a strategy where just one person just gives in completely to the wishes of the other one, you know, and they say, okay, fine, I'll do whatever you want. I'll accommodate to your needs completely, which is kind of like, you know, I don't. I think that's kind of like avoiding sometimes, yeah. where you just want to avoid conflict altogether. So you just say, "Fine, I'll just do whatever you want." You know, what we should have have on. We should have a, a divorce lawyer on. I was gonna say our wives. <laughs> yeah, well, they would be like, "Yeah, with ex- <laughs> they're excellent at conflict yeah, resolution." That's, <laughs> that's what they would say. Uh, but no, like, can you imagine being a divorce lawyer and then like some people? Having yeah. to like find compromise, having to find middle ground when in some of these cases it's so 
People just want revenge. They don't care about anything. They're just like, I will not compromise. I want to hurt this person as much as possible. Yeah. And I will spend every penny I have to hurt this person, you know? Yeah. Or I some did, kind of like, yeah, mediator or something like that. How do you work with someone like that? That'd be, it was just, that'd be incredibly hard, you know? Yeah, I agree. So accommodating is just giving, giving in completely. And the next one is collaborating. This is when both people, um, they they work together to find a specific method that I guess it was, this one was more like work, working with a person, you're collaborating with them, you're brainstorming ideas and you're kind of coming up with solutions together Yeah. instead of, okay, you know, yeah, you're fine with this. I'm fine with that, whatever else. Um, so those are kind of the five that, that I thought were strategies that could be used in many different types of conflict resolution. Some better than others. Yeah. Those are good. I have, I have some more later, but I'll, I'll share those when I talk about social and emotional conflict. Okay. Um, so I'll start us out with, uh, I'll start us out with, uh, internal conflict. So, uh, internal conflict is when you might feel a clash between competing desires. And there was lots of different examples of this. Some were as extreme as uh, an alcoholic may struggle with uh, wanting to reach for uh, a a drink. Um, But in their mind, they're having this internal struggle of don't do it. You know, it's going to cause issues or I'm sober or whatever. And so it could be as extreme as an alcoholic fighting the urge to drink, or it could be, uh, like we mentioned at the beginning, right? It could be as easy as fighting the, <laughs> the urge to stay in bed and not, not wake up yep. in the morning. Yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of times it can, this internal conflict can lead to, uh, depression and other mental struggles that, that people have, uh, many times, um, or addictions or yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I think dep- like like you said, depression or anxiety because you know that, and I think that this sometimes is very prevalent in like the Christian world, just in like religion, because th- th- sometimes there's this like there's this expectation it's like well you have to be perfect, mm-hmm. and you're like well I'm not gonna be perfect, so you know what y- you have an idea of like what you should be, which is like this perfect example all the time every time, but you fall short of that every single day. And so that's where obviously the grace of Christ comes in uh, to, to, to make up that difference there. But still, I think there's a lot of pressure to be perfect. And so there's this internal conflict all the time. It's like, well, man, like maybe I'm not as good as I, I'm just not worthy. I'm not good. You I know? think that leads, yeah, I think it kind of leads to a, almost an epidemic of like guilt. Yeah. Right. How there's people that, you know, it may be in the church, we're not, or just in religion in general, you're not taught to be you're not taught to be perfect. We're taught that you cannot be perfect, but we're taught all of the things that we should do to be perfect. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, oh, if I do this or if I don't do this or keep the commandments, you know, there's all these different things that if you do this, then you will be perfect. And that's the end goal. But at the same time, you're not perfect. And so it kind of just breeds this internal issue, this internal guilt, right? Which I think is kind of that, that uh, that struggle. I think it's it's definitely an opportunity for someone who's feeling that to um have an opportunity to resolve uh, resolve issues internally. 
And so, uh, yeah. Here, here are some. Um, uh, actually, I, as I was going through, I um, this was really interesting. So I was going through, and one of the questions that one person asked on one of the the, the websites that I was researching in is basically, why do I have so much internal conflict? Right. There's some people that have more than others. There's some people that probably don't struggle with this very much at all. They they know what they want. They know they're going to go. You know what they're going to go for, and they know what they don't want. And maybe they someone who doesn't really struggle with addiction, and they have self control and whatever else. But this person asked, "Why do I have so much internal conflict?" And the answer uh, was that uh, people find themselves in a state of internal conflict due to a lack of knowing their values priorities and what they really want for themselves in the present. And so it was kind of like you, you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And these people, what was it having people who have internal, they know what they want. No people that people that struggle with a lot of internal conflict, they have a lack of knowing, a lack of, a lack of knowing their values, priorities and what they really want for themselves. Well, I would think that it might be. Well, if you if you have no like priorities or like no, if if you're like, well, I don't have to get out of bed in the morning. It's just like I'll do whatever. But if you're trying to be better, I would think that you'd have more internal conflict because you're always striving to do better, and you're like, well, I should be doing this. And then you feel that like internal conflict. I should be going on a run this morning, but I'm just too tired. You know. Well, I think if you're actively doing something, then even that little bit of doing is will help you mentally, right? But if you even even maybe having a goal, right? If you sit down and you 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 plan all these goals out and you write all these goals out, even if you even if you're not actively working every single second to achieve those goals, at least they're in your head, right? And I guess they could be like overarching and be like, oh, I'm never going to achieve this goal that I want. But it's almost like if you have no direction at all, then you're just kind of wandering aimlessly and you, you, you know, it's like, well, I could take this drink or I could wake up or not. And it's almost like there's no direction in what you specifically want. And, um, well, I think, and I, yeah. think well, I was gonna say I think it leads to it leads to indec- indecisiveness, and I think indecisiveness is um, is very difficult because it's kind of like oh, whatever I do doesn't really matter, right? At least if I have a goal to go get up and go running every morning, I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I I really want to go run and maybe maybe some days I will, but then other days I just be like, no, I'm not gonna do it today. It's like okay, you make a decision, yeah. right? Instead of just constantly fighting with, oh, just I'm just over, you know, I, I I'm overweight and I need to exercise or whatever else. But there's no like direction. Um, I think indecisiveness it drives a lack of clarity, and that clarity is really like an understanding of your values and your your priorities. So, um, yeah, interesting. R- resolving, uh, or resolving these internal conflicts are. So maybe some steps that we can do to overcome them is uh, stop ignoring or muting the voices in your head. So if you have a voice in the head telling you, uh, you know, you need to get up, get out of bed, you know, go do that thing or put your phone down and answer some more emails or, 
you know, different things. Listen to that voice. Don't just completely shut them out. Well, there are some voices in your head that... Uh, Sometimes there's some voices that you should ignore, <laughs> but you can listen to them and then say, no, I'm not going to do that. You've heard of Andy Priscilla, right? He does the 75 hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he calls... There's this little... There's a B, for lack of... Uh, a B voice in your head. He's like, <laughs> no, ignore that voice. It's telling you not to go to the gym. It's telling you a not, wuss, to, yeah. not to do that uh, business and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so, always ignore that voice. Yeah. So... I, I think that's. I think it's identifying it and saying, "Hey, that actually." I think maybe identifying that voice and saying, "Hey, that's my, that's my inner wuss speaking up and saying, don't yeah. do this,' and and saying, I got this.' Pansy you know? voice. Yeah. So uh, uh, clarifying the conflict. So identifying why am I struggling internally right now? Is it because I want this drink or whatever else? And then become profoundly self-aware. All of these are kind of very like overarching <laughs> things, but uh, yeah. I was gonna say one thing that I've always like. I, t- I took a, I don't know if this. I took a, like a philosophy class in, in college once, and and it was kind of like when you have an and a part of it was just like arguments and making arguments, and when one thing that I learned was we have different beliefs that we hold str- strong. Um, like for example, here's a clear one. Like I think someone who, like I want the government to be fiscally responsible. I don't want them wasting my money. I want them to use my money to the best uh, of their uh, ability. That is a belief that I hold. Uh, and I also hold the belief, uh, I think that there are certain situations where people should be put to death, uh, the death penalty. So I'm for that. But the question here is, is that people who get the death penalty cost the system way more money than those people who just get life in jail because of the appeals process and all this stuff. So now I have this conundrum, this conflict inside my head. It's like, okay, well, I'm for the death penalty, but it's going to cost more money. And I don't want the government to spend more money. So I could just put the person in life in jail for life, and then that would cost less money. So what I think I in that situation, I was like, okay, well, why do I want... Like what priority is is more valuable to me? So kind of go back to the to the base roots, and sometimes you need to go back to several arguments. You're just like, well, why do I think a death penalty is important? Well, you know, I think that uh, you know these people are 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 bad, and they deserve that. That's the justice they deserve. And and it's like, okay, well, do you think that these people have, you know, is it? And then you kind of go back on both sides. It's like, well, is it more important to save money, or is it more important to serve justice to someone? And it's like, well, you make a decision at that point to what which priority is a higher priority to you. I think that's one way to resolve internal conflict is to go back to your base roots. And it's okay to still hold those priorities, but some of them are are higher than the others. Yeah, clarify clarify that contact that that conflict, and then really answer the why. Right? There's like a philosophy and in continuous improvement, and we did this like six sigma training, all sort kind of stuff. That's basically it's like why right and you answer you, you answer the five whys well why 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 yes you, you ask why five times you have a, a top question and you ask why five times and that'll help you get down to like the real answer mm-hmm. and uh that was that was kind of interesting yeah, but, totally uh so that's internal you know there's there's definitely ways to overcome it and um you know maybe find your why yeah so um so let me talk about a little bit about like social uh there's kind of two different things here. I just have some different uh, kind of ways to resolve conflict a little bit better. 
uh, and these kind of go back to the things that you can do to approach a conflict more um, in a better state of mind. So the first one is to manage your stress quickly while remaining alert and calm. So uh, by staying calm, you can accurately read the uh, and interpret the, the verbal and nonverbal communications. So it's important not to like overreact or let your emotions bubble over. You know, someone's saying, you know, oh man, I I hate that sports team that you like. Instead of blowing up and be like, what? You know, it, it's it's maybe just look at their nonverbals. Are they joking? Or is this serious? What is their what are they getting at? Are they trying to make a point? So by staying calm, you can really understand what's going on. The next one is control your emotions and your behavior. When you're in control of your emotions, you can communicate your needs without threatening or intimidating or punishing others. So, you know, I would say, well, you know, getting emotional is only going to escalate the issue. How many YouTube videos have you seen where someone, you know, comes up and says, hey, don't do that. You don't tell me what to do. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this and this like some kind of Karen, you know, it's just like, let me talk to your man. I only speak to your manager right now. You know, and it's just like because of these emotions, it just gets this conflict just blows up. So uh, unless it's something you really if it's something that you're passionate about and you're not willing to budge on it, sometimes emotion is necessary to, to tell the person to, to get them the message that. Um, that's not a line you're, that they're going to be yeah. able to Or if cross. there's like potential danger or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or, or, or possibility of harm. Well, yeah, like if someone was backing their truck up and I or backing their car up and I saw that they were going to hit my car, I'd, I'd like try to wave at up and then I'd say, hey, and I'd like, I'd yell, hey, you know, like, it, yeah. You know, but that's a little bit different. Um, that's not really a conflict. That's just like, uh, there's different levels. I guess I was making point. There's different levels of escalation depending on the importance of the scenario. Um, so the next one is pay attention to your feelings being expressed as well as the spoken words of others. So try to listen to people's words uh, and their feelings because sometimes people are so emotional they can't even communicate. They're just, you know, just talking. I'm a very logical person. I, I I like to think I'm a very logical person and I like to approach things logically. Um, but... You know, dealing with kids, they have no concept of logic. So I can sit one of my kids down and explain to him logically how he cannot have the brownie that he just threw a fit over because of the very fact that he threw the fit and did not ask in an appropriate manner. And then he's like, so can I have the brownie? And I'm like, no, I just spent 20 (laughs) minutes explaining to you why you can't have the brownie. And then he throws the fit again. (laughs) I'm like, just go to bed. (laughs) So, um... Uh, and the last one is be aware of of be aware of and respect differences by avoiding disrespecting disrespectful words and actions. You can almost always resolve uh, a problem faster. So sometimes when you're talking to someone, for me specifically, sometimes I can be sarcastic and joking. Uh, so if I'm like, you know, talking with someone, and I like to, I can poke fun or 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 like at the, their argument or by trying to make my point, I'm poking fun. Uh, and that can be, that can come across poorly. So uh, that does not help resolve the conflict when someone feels like they're being made fun of. Yeah. Uh, there's kind of a, a, a pattern here. You you can call this a nice, uh, and this is the way of, de- as the acronym here. So it's a way of dealing with someone who's being maybe passive aggressive to you. Uh, and this is an acronym that you can employ to kind of evaluate the situation and then act. So, um, 
and I saw this on, uh, there's a YouTube that kind of really good, it explains this. Um, there's a couple videos where like these news anchors or interviewers would ask really dumb questions. Uh, and, and the person's just like, what are you talking about? You know, have you seen that one where Robert Downey Jr. is like sitting in an interview and this guy's like, so uh, I have a question for you that we weren't going to ask, but tell me about your father. And he's like, what? And he's like, what do you guys, what, what is this? You know, so the first one is the N on nice, which is the nonverbals. So use nonverbals to indicate you're not uh, that interested in what they're saying or are you confused as to why they're saying it. So this is like kind of like your first warning sign of like, I don't like what you're saying, but maybe I don't understand it yet. So I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. So maybe just like furrow your brow or kind of turn your head a little bit. I'm like, huh? Uh, and then the next one is, you know, if, if, if you can just kind of ignore that question or ignore that person, if you're in a, in a large setting and someone's saying something that is just like off the wall, just kind of ignore that person and, and talk to someone else or um, kind of just next question. Next question. You know, next. It's sometimes ignoring the person who is being the aggressive or passive aggressive as a way to indicate you're no longer interested in this conversation or it's like almost like a mental exit. And uh, the next one is if they, if they persist, it's called the C is for call out. The call out, you're calling out the behavior directly. At this point, you can give them opportunities to back out or move to a different part of the conversation. Um, at this point, you ask them to stop or call out the behavior. So maybe like, hey, you know, like, and you can actually do this in a joking way, um, you know, to keep the conversation light. But it's like, hey, man, like, like you're, you're, you're guns blazing today. What's up? You know, let's, uh, let's talk about something else or, or, you know, just try to calling out that behavior, like identify, you've already identified it with your nonverbals. You've already kind of indicated you don't want to talk about that by ignoring that subject or saying, Hey, let's move on to the next problem. But if uh, it continues to escalate, you can call out and say, Hey, like lay off. Or yeah. if did it's you, in a situation where like, it's like, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed today? Yeah. Like what's going on? You know? Uh, and then the, the last stage is if, you know, obviously if they can't, if they're not responding to these things, then just leave, uh, just exit the situation where people are not respecting you. Uh, and, you know, if they're not taking a hint, basically. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I like those. There are some other tips here, though, for conflict conflict resolution that I, th- I thought were cool. Uh, one is uh, use humor. And I like to do this in a certain way uh, to make light of the situation or redirect the convo in a light way. Don't use humor or sarcasm to make fun of them or... Um, I was going to say humor and sarcasm are kind of different in this situation. Yeah, so... It, because that might escalate the situation. Yeah, because so, it might offend them. Yeah, but if you're making, sometimes, you know, you can make a joke about yourself, you know, and that's that might diffuse the situation. Um, so uh, that's one. The other one is pick your battles. I mentioned that before. The other one is be willing to forgive. Sometimes people just say stupid stuff and you're just like, let's just move on from this, man. It's like, just let's, let's talk about something else. <laughs> Uh, and, and there's no need to address whatever it was. Uh, the next one is know when to let something go. Uh, and sometimes you can agree to disagree. And then the final one here is uh, make resolving the conflict the priority over being right. So one thing I think I think my mom saying is that she's like, you know the best way to resolve a conflict? And she's like, um, say maybe so. Yeah. 
And I was like, hey, she says that to you me said all the time. You said that a lot, <laughs> all the time. Every, every time I've ever called, they talk to you. No. <laughs> so it's, you know. Maybe so. If someone maybe says, so. you know, like, oh, this this is how it is, and you better do this. You're like, yeah, maybe so. It kind of, it's not a full agreement, but it's kind of like a closing statement. It's like, okay, well, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. And if they want to escalate from there, then you call them out, then you can leave. So the nice, the acronym nice is nonverbals, ignore, call out, exit. Uh, so those cool. are some social and emotional, emotional ways. T- tips for you there. I like that. That was good. Um, last one that we have here is uh, uh, physical, so conflict resolution of uh, physical conflict. Um, now, I guess there's there's all different kinds of ways to do Seal this. Carry. You could, yeah, you, I mean, there's like, yeah, you could. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to do you this. You could resolve but, it peacefully or violently. Or violently. I guess there's two different ways. Yeah, peacefully or violently, right? Uh, but well, the, violently has a scale. <laughs> yes. So there is um, this guy, Jocko Willink. You've you've heard of him, right? He's uh, a former Navy SEAL, uh Officer, Third. commander. He he's he's done uh, written many books. Uh, Extreme ownership. Uh, it, it, that's what it's called, right? Yep. yep. Um, a couple other ones. He's also written some children books that are uh, that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of his children books um, that that are cool. And it just he he just talks about. Uh, I guess it's kind of motivational and and overcoming fears and and different things like that. So uh, he is a big guy. He's like I said, former Navy Navy SEAL. He is a, a black belt in jujitsu, um, and he's just he's he's a guy that you don't want to mess with, right? And so he has his own podcast. Um, but uh, one of the questions that they answered on their podcast one time was about physical uh, confrontation, and it was like, well. He asked a couple different questions. Actually, he he talked similarly. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he talked about this as well. But it's like someone asked him, "What's the the best type of martial arts for self defense? Right? If you're going to get in a street fight." And basically, he said, "Walk uh, away." He said, "He said your primary self defense tactic is your legs. Right? Just run away. Just he's like, there's no there's no shame in it. He said he said you don't want to fight somebody. He was like, if you fight somebody, there's gonna be problems they're gonna get hurt or you're gonna get hurt and if they get hurt someone's gonna get sued then they're gonna get then you're gonna get sued you get sent to jail you could you could potentially kill somebody you could you know so many things happen you could push somebody could trip and hit his head in a curb and dead right yeah and then and then you go to jail for years yeah and it's just like the the, the first thing you could do is run away right just run away just leave avoid Right, avoid the situation. That that maybe maybe in this situation, avoid it is the best thing. Yeah. Um, you know, try not to be the aggressor. I guess I don't know. Maybe there's certain times where it's okay to be the aggressor. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, I think if someone is well, the, being the aggressor, what does that mean though? Like scaring someone off? If no, like you're the one that's like picking a fight. I mean, scaring someone off. You're that that's that's defense, right? I mean, yeah. So. Getting into it, um, his first thing talks about situational awareness. Um, avoid types of situations where you might be confronted by someone who wants to get in a physical altercation with you. You know, if you're 
if you're going to get on the bus and you get on the bus and there's a bunch of hooligans on the bus that don't look good and it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning, then yeah, maybe just don't get on the bus. Right. Yeah. Or if there's, um, well, that's, that's the risk coming from someone who has the luxury not to ride the bus. Well, that is, that is true. <laughs> Catch the next one or whatever it might be. Actually, and then he talks about different ways. You know, if you do get on the bus, then... Sit with your back against the wall. Don't look... You know, situational yeah, it's just, awareness. Yeah, and it's like situational awareness. Look busy, right? Mm-hmm. Be looking at your phone or studying some papers or looking out the window and, and kind of be in your own world, but be aware of their situation. If they engage you, uh, de-escalate the situation um, without appearing vulnerable is what he says. So someone comes up to you, you're on the bus or whatever. And he's like, you know, you're sitting there and and you kind of look up and maybe you make eye contact just because, you know, accidental or whatever. And this person's like, you know, uh, what are you looking at? (laughs) You know, it's like, Oh man, I'm nothing, you know, not looking at anything, you know, just, just kind of not super non-confronted. Hey, no issue here, man. And then, uh, you know, if he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm just riding the bus, man. Right, just it's almost like talking like, and that's the one thing he said is talking like very nonchalantly or very matter of fact, uh-huh. of like just just coming home from work, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with your face, fool. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like you know, someone, could, hey, what are you doing? I'm just I'm just coming home from work, man. It's like you can almost relate to that. I mean, what what is a person gonna say? We look dumb. It's like yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in, in that type of situation, just matter of fact answers can really deescalate something because it's almost like it's almost kind of like humor. Right, you say something that's yeah. so ridiculous that the person doesn't really know how to react to it. Yeah. And instead of someone says, "What are you doing?" You don't want to say, "I'm just sitting here." What are you doing? You know, it's just like it's yeah. just going to escalate yeah. the, the situation. Um, some people want to escalate though. Some people do, and so they're looking like, "What are you looking at? You looking at me? Like what?" And you're like, "Well, I'm just uh, hanging out here." Like, uh, and, they, and they want to escalate. Um, but you're, they're hanging out on my bus. This is my territory. You know, and you're like, what? This is okay. Yeah. Well, that's what you just say. King of the buses. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what you just say. Hey, sorry, man. I'm just trying to get home from work. Been a long day. Yeah. And what is he going to say to that? Well, well, you need to ride a different bus. Okay. I'll try. I'll, I'll do that next time. It's like, okay. <laughs> so th- yeah. th- there's different ways. So then he talks about if you have to fight, right? If you're getting backed into a corner or something like that. So he says, first thing to do is keep your distance. Um, you know, try to maintain distance between you and the person. Uh, another one is watch their hands. Maybe they'll have a knife or a bottle or a stick or something. So watch their hands. Um, next thing you do is if it just continues to escalate, whatever, put your hands up in a, a non-confrontational type of way. So you kind of, you know, oh, hey man, hey man. So you're kind of putting your hands up a little bit. But at the same point, that's kind of dual purpose. So then you can, you know, protect your head and your face from a, a, a baseball bat or, or a haymaker. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, some kind of, someone trying to do a cheap shot. You know, you can yeah. you have your hands at the ready, but you do it non-confrontational. Like, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just trying to get a drink, or I'm just trying to whatever. You know. Yeah. Um. And then if it continues to go, you you continues to be pursued you you just continue to de-escalate you know just use your words try to talk through it um and then if the situation gets to where you have no choice but a physical altercation then he then then jocko said use the skills that you have and i really like this part he says he says hit hard hit fast don't stop hitting until the threat is neutralized and then leave (laughs) yeah and so it was just interesting so um 
it, it it's kind of interesting. There's, I don't know. Maybe there's more people out there that can, that can quote unquote fight. You know, I'm not really trained in any specific martial arts or whatever, and so I probably want to avoid you know fighting a situation if I can. Um, but uh, a lot of times people just they they just want to appear tough. Um, yeah. I, I, it is probably far and few between and maybe it's growing, but it's far and few between of who, when you're going to come up to a guy who's like, I don't know, a professional fighter that wants to fight you. Right? I don't think I'm ever going to be in that situation. Um, you're probably more likely to come up to someone who's got a, a gun and will yeah. just kill you. Or some person that's drunk on the street and you walk past them and they, you know, whenever, I, I don't know if you ran into this whenever uh, you were on your mission, but whenever I was, uh, I was in South America, uh, did a, a religious mission for two years, and there was a couple situations that were, I don't know, let's say like hairy situations, and there was this one area that I was in where we lived like up this this hill area. It was like there was these houses that were in corridors, and they were kind of long paths that just kind of ended. They're kind of like cul-de-sacs, but they weren't really round. They were just kind of square. They just ended um, at a train track, actually. And so we lived up at the top of one of these uh, corridors, and down at the bottom of the corridor, you had to walk past this corner. And there was these guys that hung out at the corner of this street every night. And whenever we would come back they would just terrorize us. I mean, they would, they were throwing rocks and they were, and it had got, it was significantly worse with the people that had come before me, um, but they would throw rocks at, uh, at us and they would, you know, they're just saying terrible things and they're, you know, escalating and they're trying to fight us and all this sort of kind of stuff. And it went on for like a couple of weeks and I was just like, dude, I am tired of it. Like my 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 companion that I was with, him and I, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you're you're fed up, but you're kind of scared at the same time, you know. And I was yeah. relatively new, so I didn't really know as much of what was going on. It was a new place, and you're probably bigger than all those people anyway. Yeah. So, and the thing is, too, these guys were the main instigator was probably like five two, and just this skinny, scrawny old little guy. Was he was he like a man or was he like a kid? It was a man. He's probably in his thirties. Okay, maybe forties. Um, and uh, and the thing is too, and then they were obviously drunk at night whenever they were doing this and high on like whatever, yeah, furniture glue or something. Yeah, and so um, it came down to it one time where I just kind of had had enough, and I probably wasn't supposed to do this or whatever. But these guys, they were uh, they were walking. So we were at the street, and we started walking up the street past the corner, and we kind of just put our head down and went on. Well, they threw a couple rocks at us. One guy threw a bottle. It wasn't really like close to us, but it was like around us. And then they started following us up the street, and they were like pretending that they had guns in their hands, and was like you know shooting at us with their guns and stuff, like their fake handguns. Like, oh, and then one guy was like had like a shotgun, was like, and so then. They cross and we're just ignoring them, right? And then they cross the street and they kind of get in our face, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? You think you're too good for us, and you gringo this and whatever else." Yeah. 
And so, you know, at this point, I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm six two, I was probably two ten, and my companion was he was uh, a native, so he was Chilean, and he was a pretty small guy as well. Um, and so, I literally was just like, I'm gonna have to fight this guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm. I'm going to have to fight this guy and it's good. It is what it is. I'm just tired of this. Like this is not why I came here, but I'm ready to finish it. And so we, we carried backpacks at that time. And so I just turned around and I started taking my backpack off and I was like, let's do it. And I took my backpack off and I handed it to my companion for him to hold it. And I kind of turned around to this guy and he was like, Oh no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, I was like, I'm tired of this. And he was like, oh, no, you, you guys aren't allowed to fight. You're not allowed to fight. You're, you're missionaries. And I was like, I can defend myself. And the, he just, it, it was like a complete 180. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to do anything. Because he knew he was going to get absolutely destroyed. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he could have yeah. been some crazy awesome fighter. I don't know. But, but <laughs> I, I was fed up enough to where I was ready to defend myself. Yeah. And he uh, he was like, oh, no, no, you, you can't fight. You, you know, you, I don't want to whatever. And then it just kind of majorly I de-escalated from there. I was like, I don't want to fight either. And so, but you guys are giving us a hard time every single night. You need to chill out. And so we kind of just de-escalated it from there. And then we never had a hard time with them ever again. Nice. And uh, I'm glad I didn't have to fight him. But that would have been a good story if I would have. That would have been a cool, cool story. So <laughs> first three months in the mission, I knocked this children's <laughs> lights out. I had an emergency transfer me somewhere else. Yeah. Well, one time in in high school, we were I was like coming out of a movie theater with just some friends. We just saw a movie, and like this was at the Arboretum. We were just standing out in front of the movie, just kind of chatting. You know, it was like three or four of us, and these dudes like come up, uh, and like this guy just like gets out of this old beater car. He was like, I don't know, he he, he may have been in high school. He seemed like maybe a younger college guy, and he comes up. And he's like, Hey, I want to fight one of y'all. I want to fight one of y'all. And he was obviously drunk. Um, and he's like, I want to fight. I want to fight someone right now. And, we, and, we, and we're like, what are you talking about? Like, what? And like, his, so his buddies go park their beater car and they all walk. There's like three or four of them. They all walk up and they're like, what? We want to fight. We want to fight. We're looking for a fight. They just had come to the movie theater to see if they could fight someone out front. And uh, I mean, it was like me and like two other guys. And there was like, you know, two or three girls and I was just like, we're like, what are you doing, man? Like, we're not going to fight. And he was like standing there and he's just like, I want to fight, I want to fight. And we're just like, we don't want to fight, man. We don't want to fight. I, I don't even know you. Why are you, are you just going around looking for fights? Like, I don't know you. Why, what are you doing? And like, after just kind of like asking him questions like that for maybe five, six minutes, he just like stands there and he's like, I'm really drunk. And then he just like, his buddy comes up and gives him a cigarette and he just smokes a cigarette. <laughs> I'm like... This is bizarre, man. Like, just like these random dudes just come up and like want to fight us in front of the movie theater. Maybe he was trying to join the Fight Club, and you have to f- start a fight with a stranger in order Maybe to join the Fight Club. Maybe some redneck <laughs> idiot who's just trying to look for a, a fun night. But I was like, I'm not about to fight you, dude. I don't even know. I have no idea who you are. I don't. I have no qual qualm with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So I I had come up with a quote. I don't know yep, did you come up with a quote. So typically at the end of these these type of uh, research episodes, we like to come up with a quote on how we can better apply this specific strategy or uh, topic in our life. So my quote was: uh, Sometimes the easiest way to resolve conflict is to avoid confrontation altogether, but other times you need to stand your ground, whether it is with yourself or with someone else. Preferably with someone else, right? 
Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes you must stand alone. Yeah, sometimes you have to stand alone. Well, and I'm talking about sometimes you have to stand um stand your ground against yourself too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mine was uh mine was this. Generally all major convictions can be reduced back to the some closely held beliefs. When we are in conflict with others, we may be arguing different topics that go back to the same core belief. Find common ground and accept differences. Like it. So, so yeah, well, hopefully y'all have learned something about conflict resolution uh, and had a a few stories and, and maybe you can uh, think about these in this podcast when you're just about to get into a fight and you said, Ethan told me to put my hands up around my face. It's like, (laughs) what was that? Ricky Bobby He's like, what do I do with my hands? He's got his hands (laughs) up by his face. (laughs) Protect yourself with That's what you do when you're about to get in a fight. So yeah. um, Disclaimer, we're not experts here. (laughs) <laughs> we just play one on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just we uh, we like to pretend. So uh, no, we do research our topics, and that so, is true. Uh, these are well researched. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We've uh, enjoyed. It. We've we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. Over a year now, and uh, it's awesome. It's been it's been really fun, and we've been doing a lot of stuff. And I, I love posting lots of different. Obviously, posting the, the the podcast episodes, but uh, on Instagram and hearing people's feedback and posting cool videos about different stuff that we're doing, uh, and uh, we love uh, y'all support and uh, we appreciate the reviews. Uh, always love hearing um, people, and uh, if we're if we're making an impact in your life, we always love to hear that. So yeah, definitely. Also, if you have uh, you have questions for us, or you want to talk to us, or uh, you know you have. Ideas, things you want to hear about, things you want us to research into, people you want us to talk to. Uh, you know, we're always we're always just you know building our uh, our schedule and, and constantly having kind of ideas flowing in and flowing through. So, uh, we'll we'll end it here, and uh, hopefully, we can take some of these strategies and resolve conflict better in our life. That's right. All right, let's build that creed together. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm.